Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. This week, we had a great guest and a great conversation with Rita Chincotta. She's got her own podcast and her own book, which we talk about, and you can check it out in the description. But today, we talk about how to look after yourself as a leader, which is a great skill. Enjoy the conversation. It's really fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. As you can tell by the title, we've got a guest on, which is very exciting, and we'll get to them shortly. But let's uh, first check in with the team and see how they're going. Uh, Graham, how's your week going this week? Uh, it's been a good week, Tess. We are staying at a lovely place about 20 minutes out of Orange um, in a farmhouse in the middle of a farm, which is sort of like being at home, but snake-free so far. I'm pretty excited about that. It's been a good week. Orange, you're glad that's the case. Um, anyway, uh, let's, <laughs> please tell me we can we can edit that out in post. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and uh, Danette, how are you going this week? Yeah, good, Jess. So um, I had a workshop earlier this week, and today I was speaking at a conference, which really cute name, a country practice. So a group of New South Wales accounting firms that are out in regional area. And once a year, they have a, a lovely conference and I got to speak on resilience this morning. So hence, I'm looking a bit more glam than I normally do. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very cool. And people can check out the video. You're in a very cool looking place, it seems mm -hmm. like. And uh, a time, time lapse um, video of sunrise. So we'll, we'll send that yeah. through to be posted. Work yeah. Nice one. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Thank you for that. And uh, our guest, Rita, how are you going this week? Hi, Jez, and hi, Graham and Danette. I'm going really well. I um, It's been a week where I plan to do all sorts of different things. And I'm still, you know, it's Friday lunchtime, I'm still looking at the list going out. And I'm, as the day progresses, I'm, I feel less care about what hasn't been done on the list and actually more about, okay, so, you know, preparation for next week and, uh, I'm going to go out for a walk after a lovely chat with with all of you, and I'm really looking forward to that. And um, so, yeah, I'm trying to practice a little bit of what I preach and just recenter, refocus, not let things get too serious. Love that. Yeah, that's a great way to do it, Rita, I think. Um, now, Rita, we're so happy to have you on. We're so excited to have you on. And I'm someone that really loves your podcast, Leadership Lane with Rita Chincotta. Great podcast. So for those that want to check that out, it's in the description. So you can go click on that and listen to that podcast. And you are also a co-author of a book, Evolve, the Business Partnership Playbook. But for people that don't know um, who you are, or maybe, you know, just being introduced to you for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself. No, oh, thanks, Jez. Um, so I work with leaders to help them elevate their impact. And so I do that um, in all sorts of ways at an individual level through coaching and mentoring. And then I also work with teams. So when we're often lifting up leadership impact, um, there's no leader really if you don't have a, a team sitting with you, unless you're in an individual leader um, or individual contributor um, kind of role. So that's, yeah, I spend most of my time with leaders and I, I love it. I find it extremely rewarding. I love working with people that are on an ongoing uh, journey to uh, improve where they're at. And that doesn't always necessarily mean reach the next step. It could be that they're trying to uh, master something that they're doing within their uh, business or their practice or with their team. And uh, I am I would classify myself as an ongoing life learner. So for, for those that kind of adopt that mindset of evolution, adaptability, growth, uh, they're the people I like to hang out with and that I spend most of my time with these days. 
That is awesome. And that, yeah, that's exactly why you're a perfect guest for this podcast. So I'm so happy you're on and I'm so excited to get into the chat today. Now, oh, Rita, yeah, no worries. Now, we, uh, I asked, you know, what sort of topic do you want to do? And you sent us a, a list of great ones, but one that really jumped off the page to me was how to best look after yourself as a leader. I was just wondering, can you tell me a little bit about why you chose that? And um, yeah, yeah, I guess just why you chose it and how you came up with it. I think, Jez, the topic of uh, how to look after yourself as a leader, I work with a lot of leaders that don't look after themselves or that have it, you know, kind of consider it as an afterthought. Sometimes some of them don't even have it on their page or on their radar that they would be or would benefit from doing that. I work with a lot of leaders that come to me at the point where they are reaching kind of stressed out level. A lot of them come to me and say, I actually don't want to be a leader anymore. I'm done. You know, I've been doing it for a decade or I've been doing it for five years or I've been doing it for six months and I started in leadership and now this is not what I signed up for. I work with a lot of people like that. Um, and often when we're drilling down and kind of saying, you know, what are your daily practices? What, what ways are you looking after yourself? There's not much that's happening. And it's, I think people know it. They know that, you know, we hear a lot about self-care and we hear a lot about resilience and looking after ourselves. And I think a lot of people believe that they wear a cape when they become a leader and they're like, oh, that's not for me. That's for everybody else. Like burnout's not going to impact me. It'll impact others before it impacts me. And so it's this thing around now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to catch that. I'm not going to get it. Um, And then it starts to impact relationships. It starts to impact how they see themselves, their level of impact and effectiveness and they soon realize, you know, they, they kind of go searching for what's the missing ingredient here. And the misconception is I've got to be doing more. Like, no, oh, I've got to, got to be running fast. We're going to be doing more. And the common prescription is no, actually, <laughs> park that list right there. And what you've really got to be doing is, well, what's what's on your list? What are you currently doing? What are the, how much time are you spending on self-care? How much time are you spending on you? Uh, just recently in our family, we've switched over to an electric car. And so we think, oh, great, we don't need to put fuel in the car, but you still need to be able to charge that car because it's not a magical car that just goes on its own without fuel and without any um, charge or without anything else. There's still you know, a little bit of servicing that needs to be done. So it's for me, it's kind of the same thing. It doesn't matter even if you've reached your pinnacle, there's, um, there's always stuff that you need to do. And if you're not taking care of you, you will eventually, it'll catch up with you and it will start to impact your capabilities your competencies your relationships even your relationship with yourself Mm, yeah i love that and it's it's so true and uh i think that's a great way to look at it and it's so interesting as well you know i love that uh, metaphor of the electric vehicle as well now let's also welcome john john you've joined in today how you going john yeah not too bad jess sorry i'm late everyone apologies reader no worries nice to meet you (laughs) nice to meet you now, I think a great place to start with this conversation, I think, is Graham's question. So, uh, Graham, I'll uh, throw to you now. Uh, what's your question and why did you choose it? Um, great question, Jez. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's just providing enough time for my technical assistant to actually bring the question back up onto the screen, although it was tattooed into my brain at some point. Um, so, the... My question comes from um, the perspective of, so part of it's self-awareness, I think. Um, So a lot of people are nowhere near as aware as they can be. Mm -hmm. So 
understanding themselves better would possibly um, help them make better choices about things like self-care, looking after yourself. Um, but my question anyway was, in your experience, what are some of the common stories that we carry around about ourselves that prevent us from looking after ourselves? It's such a great question, Graham. And, and when I was preparing for today's conversation uh, and I read that question, uh, immediately I went back to my childhood. And I, I love my parents dearly. Um, unfortunately, I lost my dad last year. So a lot of what he taught us and what my mum has taught us as kids, so my brother and I, um, a lot of that flows into our work ethic. But a common story we were told as kids is that being lazy is bad. And if you weren't, if you didn't have a broom in your hand or a shovel in your hand or a tea towel in your hand because you were helping with dinner or something, then you were being lazy. And basically it was go, go, go. And this, like I'll call it now ridiculous, this ridiculous work ethic, um, time for rest and time for recharge was kind of something you did only if you had the time to do it. And it just wasn't prioritised. So those stories that we often tell ourselves, they can come from different role models that we've had throughout our lives, be it parents, be it siblings, your first boss, your worst boss, your best boss. Like they come from all sorts of different places and they often shape our mindset and our self-talk. Um, so I think these, these common stories can really get in the way of um, thinking about how we look after ourselves because it, if it's never been prioritised, it's kind of, you know, I, I've got kids now and uh, some of that, some of those stories that I had as a child growing up, they they still infuse some of my language today. And But the kids now, they pick me up on it, right? So they're like, but mum, I'm just having a break. You know, like they'll get home from school and they'll have a snack and I'm like, come on, off we go with homework. And they'll go, but I'm just having a break. And as they say that, like my kids, I reckon, are some of, they, they're my best teachers, if I'm to be completely honest. Um, they won't get this now, but they will when they're a little bit older. And uh, it's that reflection back. Yeah, exactly. And it's that reflection back of, yeah, actually you have a point. And if I'm to break a cycle here of a mindset that I hold that no longer serves me and that I'm trying my damn hardest to change in my life, um, then I've got to, I've got to just be mindful of that, be mindful of even how I'm, I'm talking to my team, you know, and the interactions I'm having with my team. Um, yeah. One of my team members, Alana, has um, beautiful nine-month-old Mateo. And we often talk about, you know, a, are you feeling that this balance is right between the time you've got with Mateo, but also the time you've got working in the practice with me? So uh, these mindsets and stories, we um, that awareness piece is really hard and it can be challenging and confronting, but so important if we are to change the way that we want to um, to work on things and, and particularly around the area of self-care. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> correct. <laughs> it's like I'm Charles uh, Salem Century. Yes. <laughs> next round. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Rita. Great answer and great way to look at it. Um, I might throw actually to John's question now because I feel like it sort of is in the same realm. So, John, what was your question and why did you choose? Thanks, Jess. Um, Rita, I guess leading in, following on from that I mean we all push ourselves fairly hard um, whether we're good bad or indifferent it doesn't matter um, you know you always keep turning up to work and you, you know, everyone brings a bit of baggage with them but how does some of that manifest in our behaviors at work because and how do we recognize it mm. <clears throat> the first um the first thing that comes to mind with this question is that 
when if we're not looking after ourselves, it's usually and and yep. without I don't want to come at it from a perspective of vanity. However, people tend to see it. So when when your energy is a bit drained and when you've not had enough sleep and when you're you know drinking seven cups of coffee a day, no judgment if you are each to their own right. Um, but it usually like that first indicator is health around when we're not. And so you know you um you normally so it's it's physically how you're turning up. And so it could just be that, and sometimes we see things physically, but it's actually an energetic vibe that we're picking up for that person. So they might just be feeling a little flat and we're picking up on that. And then we look at them and go, well, you're not looking as bright as what you normally do. Like you don't have the color in your face that you normally do, um, or you're, you're looking tired or whatever it is. Um, and mind you, I hate when, you know, um, and my mum and my mother-in-law tend to do this, but they'll go, oh, you're looking tired. I love them both, by the way. But they'll go, you're looking tired. And I'm like, yeah, thanks very much. Keep your opinions. Thanks, I didn't ask you. Um, so it's, you know, it's not a vanity thing, but often when we're not looking after ourselves, that's how it comes up. Like it shows up that we're just not as energetic, both physically and um, energetically. So um, I reckon that's one thing to think about. The other thing to think about is how it impacts relationships. And it often impacts the relationships that we value the most. Now, that's not to say we don't value our work relationships a lot, but I know from my um, past experience, when I was in an executive in a in a role, which was a big role, it was my first job as an executive, my teammates, my colleagues on the executive and my team got the best of me. I was, I was like on my game when I'd go into the office and then I'd come home and I'd be terrible to deal with. You know, my, I remember my kids saying to me, mum, you're not fun which stabbed me yeah. in the heart like nothing else, right? And my husband would say to me, you're grumpy all the time. And he'd say, this job is not bringing out the best in you. And at the time, I was very defensive around that comment. Um, and then it was only after I left the job that I was like, yeah, you're right. Like that job did not bring out the best in me. Great organisation, great team. But there was no self-care whatsoever. I had young kids and, you know, I, um, I, really fought back against anyone who said to me, you can't have it all. So I was like, bullshit, I'll show you how I'm going to have it all. You know, and off I go. And um, it was stupid. It was completely stupid um, because I was only fighting against myself and I was fighting mm. against a benchmark that I had set myself, really. Um, no one else had done that. No one else had said, go hard, like go chase it down. Nothing like that. It was um, it was what I had set myself as a target. So that ended up impacting those relationships. And then... Um, I think what it also does is it impacts your brand. So when you start slipping, because energetically and physically you're not looking after yourself, you start to get a bit sloppy. So you might not return calls as quickly as what you would otherwise. You might promise stuff and then not be able to deliver it. And you just start getting sloppy. People start to see that you're not on top of it. You're not feeling on top of it. And ultimately it impacts your brand. So I think, um, yeah, yeah I, I reckon it's a focus on relationships. It's a focus about when you're showing up a year you know, is your, your um without getting all kind of woo-woo, but your aura around you, is it actually lifting up others or is it draining others? Um, and then what are you doing around your relationships? Yeah, okay. Some few points to think there. Thank you. Mm, no worries. I hope I answered that. Yeah, no, absolutely you did. And it's, yeah, you know, as you said, it's the relationships that are closest to you, the ones that tend to suffer. Um, and here at work, you can still have those, close relationships and still be hurting them at the same time um yeah a lot of people turn up and and is their best their actual best or is it just the good enough for today yeah that's right thank you yeah.
Awesome. Thanks, Rita. Uh, well, Rita, I might go to um, another one that I sort of wanted to ask, which is, you know, how to best look after yourself. I was thinking uh, I might go, just go to my question now, which is, uh, and then we'll go to Danette and Kanika's, which is sort of about the more uplifting side of uh, looking after yourself as a leader. But this is more of a sort of emotional stress moment. And this is, I guess, if you haven't looked after yourself, but emotional stress can be a big part of being a leader. And if you're feeling particularly stressed, what are some good techniques to de-escalate uh, your emotions quickly? Yeah, so, and I'll, I'm probably going to share a few things that I do, um, not because I think they're necessarily best practice, but they work for me. And I think the more we can kind of be collecting other people's um, recommendations and views and suggestions, the more we can go, yeah, I'll incorporate some of that or no, that's rubbish, it doesn't work for me. So I, I put it out there just as, as suggestions and recommendations. Um, but before I go to those, I really like um, Brian Fogg from Stanford University um, is the author of Tiny Habits, and he's a behavioral change expert. And I love what he says in his book, which is attach a habit to something else that you do. So um, an example of that might be, well, I've got a very long to-do list, but every time I finish off a task, I'm just going to go for a walk around the block. And so we start connecting. Um, it's almost, it is a reward mechanism um, and gets our, um, our brain kind of operating and, and searching for the next dopamine hit, which is a walk around the block, but also that releases um, some stress too. So I think that if we can start to um, combine habits almost, so when I do this and I get this as my reward, I think that that can be a nice, just a little kind of hit of um, dopamine, but also a reward as we go through the day. Um, so some very practical things that I do is I will be very conscious of the music that I'm playing. So sometimes I will usually have something playing in the background as I'm working, unless I'm recording something or, um, but even in my programs that I run with participants, I'm very, very conscious of the music that I play at different times. I'm no DJ, by the way, um, but I will, I, a mood can really change with music or it does for me anyway. And I think for most people, you know, if you put on something boppy and, you know, you're, you're ready for a bit of a, a groove whatever because it's three o'clock on a Friday you that's it I'm checking out um or a Saturday morning you know if you're doing some stuff around the house and you, you know you might choose particular music to lift your mood um for me I'll go to um a focus playlist or a, a classical music for you know for calming or something like that that to me like in terms of very instant I find that that impacts my mood really really quickly um I'm not a huge like I'll probably have three coffees a day, which by some for some people's standards, that's a lot. For some, it's not. But I know that if I'm um, if my heart's starting to, you know, I'll get the physiological heart starting to beat really fast, or so I'll just switch it up and I'll go right. Well, it's it's time for herbal tea, or it's time for a big glass of water. You know, rather than reaching for a chocolate bar, I reckon I might actually be thirsty because I haven't drunk enough water today. So I'll I'll go for a glass of water. Um, and sometimes it's just breathing. So there's a box technique, um, you know, a breathing technique that I do, which a lot of people have their own variation of, but it's in, you know, in for four breaths, out for four breaths. And I will literally close my eyes and just imagine that I'm drawing a box in my mind as I'm doing that. Um, so they're probably the ones that I go for instant if I'm feeling like I'm spiraling and I know that getting onto the next task is not going to be helping me right now, then I'll usually go music. I'll focus on what, you know, what am I drinking? Is it a coffee or is it a tea or is it a water? And it's usually a tea or a water at that point and a herbal um, and um, the breathing. And so that will just put me in a different state. It just literally, I think, changes the waves and it puts me in a different state. And then 
I have the opportunity to kind of refocus and go, okay, so now that I've literally taken a breath and now that I've paused and I've given myself some space to think, now I'm going to look at that list with a fresh pair of eyes. Sometimes I will, um, and I have a list right now, not for, not, it doesn't matter that you can't read the list, but there's a heap of stuff on that list, right? And if, if I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, then I'll actually scrap that and start again. And if it makes it onto the list the second time, then it's really important. If it doesn't, obviously not important enough. It's not in my free prefrontal cortex, which I need to really get to it. So it's that taking just a step and going, just stop, which for a lot of people is counterintuitive to when you're feeling like stressed and I need to keep going and I need to push through. Pushing through is often the thing that's going to harm us the most. Mm, yeah, thank you for that. And uh, so true about the water. I always find that when I'm feeling super stressed out, I then think how much water have I actually drunk? And now I have this huge glass uh, that I <laughs> use. <laughs> um, so that is definitely a relevant tip to me. But yeah, all that other stuff is totally true as well, taking that time. And I love that idea of uh, making a second list. I think I'm going to start doing that because it's so true. If it doesn't make it on the second list, then it's probably just extra stuff. Um, Danette, I'm going to throw to you. What was your question and why did you choose it? Uh, let me just scroll it down. So mine was really just thinking about what are those practical things that people can do to bring self-care into their life. So my question was, what are some helpful things that leaders can do if they're struggling to look after themselves better? Um, yeah, so I'd love, and I picked that because there are so many leaders at the moment, so even at the conference I was talking at this morning, that are just struggling to get that energy that you were talking about, that aura, et cetera. So love to hear some more tips. Thanks. Yeah, Rita. it's a great question. And I think, Danette, in this one, the first thing that comes to mind for me is it's acknowledging where you're at. So if things are feeling really hard, yep. um, I was listening actually to a great podcast the other day um, where the person being interviewed predominantly works with kids, but that what she was sharing was around creating space to, for people to be heard and for them to be validated with what they're saying. And so she was talking about it from the perspective of parent, um, parents and children. But she did say um, this can absolutely be applied to adults, um, in adult-to-adult -adult relationships and even with ourselves. So I reckon the first thing is acknowledgement of where we're at. Now, if um, when one of my kids in the past has had a tantrum, what I've learnt, um, and I've probably learnt it by the third child, it would have been helpful if I'd known it by the first child. But anyway, um, I'd learnt by the time that the third one came along that the tantrum was never about the thing that he was throwing a tantrum about. And often uh, that sense of safety that I could create by giving him a cuddle or just by saying it's okay um, and, and tell me where you're at would just give him that time and space to think. And this is when he was little. He's now eight. Um, he's our youngest and he's not so little anymore. But it still works and it works with our teenagers too and it works with adults. So when I say, okay, so tell, you know, tell me a little bit about how you're really feeling um, can you can you put some words to how you're feeling? It's a way of us acknowledging and not brushing over it because I think as adults we can go, oh, this is ridiculous. You know, we judge how we're feeling and we go, this is dumb. Why am I feeling that? I shouldn't be feeling that. I'm a leader of a team, of an organisation. I This is, you know, my fancy, fancy title that I've got. I shouldn't be feeling this. Um, that cape comes back on or that cape we think we're supposed to have that no one ever gets. I'm still looking for the cape. Um, but, you know, but we've got to acknowledge that it's hard and that that's not a sign of weakness. So it's an acknowledgement, I think, of our humanness to be able to go, yeah, well, this is how I'm feeling right now. This is how I'm feeling today or this morning or this afternoon. Um, 
but it need not be the way that I'm feeling in the next the next block of time that I pick. So if I'm feeling like this in this hour, I don't. I'm not necessarily going to be feeling like this in the next hour. If I'm feeling like this in the morning, by the afternoon, I'm probably going to be feeling okay. It's kind of like when you know that you've got to get yourself off to bed and then in the morning you feel great and you're like, yeah, that's what it was. I just needed more sleep. So it's that acknowledgement that things are hard. And I think as leaders, we um, we do ourselves an injustice when we don't allow ourselves the time to really feel it. Um, but feeling it doesn't mean burying yourself in it. Because I think it's a slippery slope. So we could get into a spiral around, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. So it's a very fine line and balance between acknowledgement, that this is how I'm feeling, and then knowing what to do to pull yourself out, um, which is, you know, references, I guess, some of the, the things that we've talked about so far in this discussion. So I think it's, you know, acknowledging it, feeling it, but then not getting buried by it, and then knowing kind of how to pull yourself out. Um, I think it's, it's using your intuition to know what you need. So, uh, you know, we talked about some practical tips before and some are really simple, like the water or like the, the break, the walk around the block, whatever it might be, um, and it's trusting that. So sometimes our first in, instinct around, I really need this, um, even if it's something like I was thinking, oh, I'm, I might really feel like I need a Mars bar. Now, again, no judgment, go for your life. Like if a Mars bar is your thing, go for it. But if your body is needing sugar, um, your body might just be feeling like it needs energy. And we can draw energy from different sources. So yeah, one is sugar and it's a, a you know a great sugar hit. Um, is your Mars bar going to be your best choice from a sustainability perspective or are you better off grabbing a banana or a whatever, like, you know, whatever um, your snack choice that's going to nurture and nourish going forward as opposed to the quick hit? Um, and then I reckon the other thing that leaders can do is prioritise what they need. So I was working with someone recently, a coaching client, and she said, I really just want to be able to incorporate more um, exercise and more downtime, but I'm working until 8.30 at night in the office. And so we worked on her, literally her schedule. And so if you were, because she loves swimming, so if you were to incorporate a swim in your daily practice, what would that look like? You know, what would enable you to be able to do that? Um, and prioritizing that meant that it wasn't this thing I'll just get to. It is actually a key ingredient to you being able to sustain your performance as a leader. And I, I think an, not enough people get that. They kind of think, oh, it's something I'll get to. It's an additional, it's a nice to have. No, it's actually not. It's your main game if you want to be serious about your performance as a leader. Um, and prioritizing sleep, prioritizing our, you know, um, diet, hydration, um, what we're doing, you know, to, to nurture and nourish and for self-care are key ingredients. Nice. Great answer. Thanks, Rita. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no Rita, judgment. I've actually even... <laughs> That's true. Sometimes you just need a Mars bar. Um, <laughs> I was just going <laughs> um, to ask Snickers. sort of as a follow-up question on that. Yeah, Snickers, whatever you whatever you need. Sometimes it's just what's required. But I was going to ask, like, sometimes it can be a tough balance between listening to what your body is telling you you need versus what you feel like based on a timeline you have to do. Is, and sometimes it can even be hard to even listen to what your body is saying because maybe you're prioritized with other things. Is there a way to sort of maybe even reconnect with that kind of feeling or is there a way to prioritize it? How would you look at that? I, I think, Jez, it's for me, that's around the slowing down, which sounds really counterintuitive when everything on your list is telling and you're working against a clock, right? So everything's telling you to speed it up because you've got this stuff to do. And I think that's where we are. We don't make clear decisions. So, you know, in order to kind of prioritize, well, what do I need to do right now? Uh, 
what do, what does my body need but also paying attention to what do my clients need what does my team need what does my organization need what does my family need they are all you kind of got to put them into a pot do them around and go well what have I got but when you're putting them into that pot you've also got to put into there well what do I need this is not just about servicing others but this is also about me servicing myself so what do I need the reality is that if we're not good if we're not showing up in the best way we can by prioritizing these, you know, these things we've been talking about around self-care and energy, we're, we're going to be doing a half-assed job for everybody else. That's the reality of it, um, which then brings about more, you know, more shame, more guilt, um, and this feeling of not enough maybe, or, um, you know, I could be doing better. You know, what, why would they work with me? Why, why would, you know, they want to be led by me? Um, why, why be a leader even in my family? Like whatever, whatever context it is. So I think that that prioritization, and it could be a 30 second, just slow down. Like it might be set a timer on your phone, 30 seconds or a minute, just to give yourself time and space. Um, often I'll, when I talk to leaders, I say to them, this is not about turning it into a three hour workshop, or this is not about turning it into a three hour go around the block for a very, very, very long walk. It could be, if you, if, if you want to do that, then go for it. But it's about just creating pause. And when you create the pause and you've got the clarity to think about what the next best step is. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for that. And such a good point how much it can spill into other parts of your life if you're not, you know, looking after yourself there. Um, I've got our final question here, which is from Kanika, our social media manager. And just to sort of wrap it up, I guess, what can looking after yourself as a leader look like? I loved this question uh, when I read it. So what I uh, talk to leaders about with what it can look like practically um, is probably picking one or two things that are really going to supercharge your performance and elevate your performance as a leader. And when you're looking at the one or two things, it's easy to go scattergun approach. I'll just, oh, I've read about this particular shake or I've read about drinking lemon in the morning or lemon, like what, like we can go on to all these different fads. And, and again, nothing against them. If that's, if that's what works for you, then go ahead and do it. A, a method that I really like is um, using four different sets. And so I call it getting set. And so you're focusing on mindset, body set, heart set, and soul set. So if you divide a page up into four and you label it with those four things, and then you think about, well, for my mind, what can I do? What can I be consuming more of? You know, which is not just rubbish Instagram scrolling and looking at what other people are doing, but what are things that are actually feeding my mind? Um, one of my coaches used to say to me, when you sit down for lunch, like you're feeding your belly, but make sure you're feeding your brain. And I really love that. And so as a practice, um, because often lunch is a meal I'm having on my own. The family's not around. So I'll, I'll usually pick up a chapter of what I'm reading or I'll read an article that I want to read um, because it's something I can do and it's not rude. I'm not ignoring the person I'm having lunch with. Not not recommended if you're having lunch with someone, by the way. It's not, not a nice thing to do. Um, but, yeah, so feed feed your, feed your mind. So what are you um, consuming? Feeding your, your heart and looking at your heart set is what, what makes your heart feel warm and literally what makes it sing. So for me... Um, I, I go to pop choir on a Wednesday night and I um I sing my heart out with another, I don't know, 70 or 80 people in there and we sing pop music, which is great because I'm not a, I can't see myself singing like a hymn or something, but a pop song I can. Um, that makes my heart sing. It's one hour every week that I take out to do that. For your soul, you know, what what's a, you know, do, do you love playing guitar or do you love playing any instrument or do you love getting in the garden and, you know, tending to your herbs or whatever it is, but what makes your whole, your soul um, really sing? And I guess what makes your soul whole is maybe what I was trying to say there. Um, and then finally for your body, 
what are you what are you doing are you moving it as often as what you want to are you again you know looking at diet hydration but all those things that we know are key levers um, to high performance so i reckon focusing on those four different areas picking one or two that you can reasonably commit to like don't go laundry list of six or seven things because you're never going to do it and that'll just add to your ever-growing list of things to do um just one or two and then play with them and the thing I find that makes the biggest difference is when you declare your accountability to somebody else. So when you say, you know, hey, I'm going to do this, can you check in with me in a week and just see how I'm going? Uh, I know that drives up my, um, the success of me doing it is often dependent on someone else. Like I, it's easy for me to break a promise to myself. I don't really care if I break a promise to myself, but if I break it to someone else, that kills me. So that accountability piece is really important too. And I think it tends to work. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And great answer. And I love that idea. Oh, never mind everybody. I've just turned yellow for a second there, uh, but I'm back. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love, I love how you sort of broke that up into the four sections as well. That was, uh, that was awesome. Um, I might grab some final thoughts from the team now, John, do you have any final thoughts on the conversation today or how to best look after yourself as a leader? Yeah, uh, what I've taken away is I can drink anywhere between three and seven cups of coffee a day and it's okay, and a glass of water. I've just got to learn to drink coffee. I hate coffee. Um, I can have a Mars bar or Snickers and that's okay. Chocolate's good. I give up on my older two kids. They're a lost cause. Uh, the younger two, there's a chance for them, but then my parenting was never great to begin with. Um, and out of all of that, I think the biggest takeaway I've got is just that stop and take a, a stock take of where you're at um, and verbalize it. So not just not just sort of do it all in my head or write it down, but actually verbalize it so as I can hear it as well. I think that that step to me is a big one. Um, yeah, look, I'll stop and take a, st- a stock take and go, yeah, I'm feeling crap because of this or that, or I feel good because of this or that. But the verbalization and, and hearing it, hearing me play it back is, um, yeah, something small, but I think could make a big difference for me. So thank you. Pleasure. My kids, my kids won't thank you, but that's okay too. <laughs> Mars is going to think we've sponsored them today. Yeah, I might have to, <laughs> might have to send them a message to see if we can get a little, little Mars money coming off that. <laughs> um, uh, Graham, any final thoughts on how to best look after yourself as a leader or the conversation today? Um, what an awesome conversation. We, we probably should keep this going for another couple of hours at least. Um, you have to come back, Rita, at some point. So thank you for being very happy to. Yeah, there's so many things. Uh, I wanted to just go back to the comment you made earlier about the you know stories that we get from our parents about being lazy is a bad thing. And I was going to ask Jez just online now while we're live to categorically deny the rumor that um, when our kids suggested they were bored, that we would instantly thrust a broom or a vacuum cleaner into their hand. Um, the other thing that resonated for me was music um have always like as long as i can remember being alive i've always um had a thing for music my um favorite um spotify playlist up until recently was music the vacuum the house by <laughs> Uh, it's great list. It's likely to be supplanted. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go searching this afternoon. I'm now looking, and for everybody out there listening or watching this nonsense, uh, thank you. Um, I hope you're doing something productive. Please put together a playlist on Spotify and send it to me, and it will be 
music to banish a five and a half foot eastern brown snake from the veranda by you than me Better you that'd than be me. awesome um seriously i i think um yeah we talk a lot about the whole self-care thing and and we use the you know the oxygen mask sort of um metaphor if you like but i, I wonder whether some people don't do the self-care thing because they think it's selfish and it's almost like like not looking after yourself is almost like an inverse sort of selfish thing because you then can't be of service to others but the the thing that stood out for me most that was such a rambling answer grants um was the accountability piece actually two things um don't try and do like all four quadrants mm. you know don't come up with a list of six things that you're going to change because you're right it's too hard and we won't do any of them and um yeah get somebody to to help you beautiful thank you oh no worries thank you mm, awesome yeah and thanks for that graham uh danette any final thoughts on the conversation today or how to best look after yourself as a leader and fabulous topic love 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 talking to Rita. um we get to have a couple of conversations from time to time so it's really nice uh, i really liked that bit about prioritizing so making it part of your day so rather than just going, oh, I'll get to the swim or the walk or whatever at some stage today, it's like, okay, where is it scheduled in my day in order to fuel ourselves? Because, you know, at the moment there's so much turbulence, we need our leaders to be the best versions of themselves. And without what Rita's been talking about, you know, they turn up unaware, often impact on people in not great ways. And it's not their intention it's just they're not at that state where they're working with their brain. So I love the tips that you shared. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And thanks for that, Danette. And uh, Rita, do you have any final thoughts on today's conversation or how to best look after yourself as a leader? Any summary points there? Look, what I've loved about this conversation is that um, there's been, you know, lots of um, joy and laughter in it. And I think it's a heavy topic, but really, if we just sometimes don't take yourself as seriously as what we do and um and it's all good like you know I um I do operate by that motto a lot of the time of it's it's all good and it's all going to be fine and just trust that because you know there is um there is an underpinning safety net whether we know it or not underneath us and that that is you know I call it the universe you can call it whatever you want but there is something that's got you and part of that is you part of that is the community that you're in you know the family environment your friends your, your network whatever it is so just trust in that, give back to that too. Um, and just remember, I think, not to take ourselves so seriously. And when things are feeling like they're really like spiralling out of control, it's literally taking that that time for pause and breath, getting kind of a, a different perspective on it and then going back to it when you're feeling like you've got more clarity but also more more control over it. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being on the podcast today. What a great conversation. I've loved this. And we're definitely going to have to have you back on, Rita. This was so fun. Um, yeah, to all the regular team, thanks so much for being on, Rita. We really appreciate you taking the time and being a guest. Uh, if you want to find out more or get in contact with Rita, I'll put the website and you can check out the podcast in the description of this podcast. So you can go check that out now, especially if you loved it. What a great person to have on the podcast. And there's a lot more audio where that came from. Um, <laughs> and until next time, everybody, have a magical week. <laughs>